I wish you would have any levels at all. Me. You want me to have levels? Yeah. You can play more Mario. Jacob, can you get I think up? so. I brought some donuts. I see that. They're, they look crunchy. Do you eat the crunchies? No. Fuck you. They're my favorite. <laughs> Dang it. Oh. I mean, now I gotta eat a whole thing of crunch to my I'll, belly. I'll eat a crunchy. I like okay, crunchy. Okay, okay, okay. I have well, memories how of do them. They, how do they make the crunch? It's it's like it's not sugar. It's like it's not the character. It's not, no. They skin a crunch beast and spread oh, the... Oh, God. <laughs> You're not yeah. supposed to talk about the skinning crunch process. Crunch are, like, super in danger. Are you sure they're getting that? <laughs> and, like, very violent. That's what makes it taste so good. <laughs> you guys know why... Do you know... There your levels are. Do you know why, uh... You know what kind of pants Super Mario wears? Overalls. Or suspenders? I don't know. Denim, denim, denim. Oh, it is denim. Denim, denim, denim. I think... It's just usually the one hey, pair. Denim, denim, here. denim. That is very good. <laughs> Sorry, um, I was solving a problem, but I do want to make sure that you get properly congratulated for that goof <laughs> that I'm sure you came up with. Me? Yeah. No, I stole it from a kid. <laughs> he Bro. says, gutting a mango. Wow. <laughs> Can I get in there? Can I taste a little bit of that mango? That, that's for you, buddy. Oh, yeah? Oh, man. That's a mango, Braden? Mm. No, gosh, it's... I don't take mangoes from people who steal from kids. Just dive right into it with the donut. Welcome to, the- Welcome to a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 132, where we're just getting into it with the donut in our mouth. Um, Did you just wash down the cheapest donut on earth with not some wine? Quite the cheapest bottle of wine you can uh, get. America's number one donut, not the worst donut. And the Dark Horse, Cab Sov. So you get it because like, it's called Dark Horse? Oh, yeah? I thought I so. I love a bit. I thought so. I love the uh-huh. Every Tuesday, we get a whole bunch of comic books. Uh, we sort them, count them. Follow them away, get all excited, get that ink all over our hands. We go down to the bathroom, we wash our hands off with soap, and just a bunch of black soapy water comes off. Does that happen to you, Roman? That does happen to me. Yeah, just like comic ink all over the hand. It's so bizarre. Uh, That's a true story. Then we take these books away to our respective quiet place, and we read them and get excited about Sometimes that respective quiet place is in New Orleans, where you have to go to a different store to buy the comics to read them. Sure was. Um, Not me this week. I'm Jeff, and I read my (laughs) stuff in a timely fashion in my home, and then took all a lot of sickness drugs that I have even taken today, and I'm going to sort through the haze with everybody. I'm Django, and I read mine in New Orleans and on an airplane and on a bus. That's probably all. I'm Roman, and I read all mine here in Bellingham like I always do, except I started one of them in Vegas. And wait, what's that? These Sabbath Shores? No, God, I know that. <laughs> He's trying to do a bit. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get a cooler entrance in from my guy than what you just did. Uh, let's, let's let's try again. Uh, hey, Jeff. Yeah. What's that? He said he wouldn't go to a cave. He said if we're going, if you're recording in a cave, I'm not going to go down there. It's cold, fuck that. But now we're back in the pant 
pap house in the sky. The pent pap in the sky. Oh. <laughs> oh, the tower of papal. The time. Oh man. <laughs> papal? Like a pope thing? No, papal, like the papcast. Yeah, I was just like spitballing. Tower of Babel. Thanks for just kind of babbling. and me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but you suck. <laughs> uh, do, do I say my name? Here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You can do. Your, you can do your name. There's a new bit we started. I'm I'm Braden, uh, and I'm back. I thought it'd be really fun to like try and jokingly pretend that we've introduced a bunch of like really shilly shitty things to Jenga or to Braden when he gets like everybody do your intro well I'm Jeff Webby <laughs> Gibbs <laughs> Oh man! No, I just assumed you all added that with the soundboard. <laughs> yeah no no we've done some very big things lately mm-hmm. here so oh man uh, this week we're going to talk about War of the Realms Journey into Mystery number three and two and two Really? I didn't, right. We didn't talk about two. I'm curious. I bet we'll mention one as well. Oh, we got it now. Sonic the Hedgehog, number 17. Uh, I don't know what that is. That's a <laughs> fucked up opposite. cover. Oh, it's The Flash, number 71, year one, chapter two. War of the Realms, Strike Force, The Land of Giants, number one. Sold out. Uh, dial H for hero or V for villain. Or V for Vero. V v for Vero. Uh, Number three. We're also going to talk about The Unstoppable Wasp, number eight. We're going to talk about Action Comics, number 1011. Killer. And Runaways, number 21. Oh. Right? Yeah. Probably some other stuff. Buckshots. I'm going to buckshot three books. I'm going to buckshot one book. Oh. What a killer sport. That's like a sniper rifle, not a buckshot. I'm feeling tight in my outfit today, everybody. I'm feeling, ah, just feeling like I've been sitting at my home, drinking Theraflu, you know, drinking NyQuil, Sweep Aid, um, (laughs) just getting really ooked out by myself and the fluids coming out of me. Journey into Mystery number three by the McElroys and Andre Araujo and... uh, Colors by Chris O'Halloran. <clears throat> so I avoided reading War of the Realms Journey Mystery number two. I figured that like Braden was gonna be on this week. It seemed like it seemed like there was a good chance this book was gonna come up, so I didn't wanna sleep on it. Um, you know, to I quote s- Justin. I slept on it. I didn't get it. I, I wish I had, because I liked the first two. You didn't get it. I didn't get it, I was in New Orleans. But you did read number two, right? Yeah. And Roman, are you reading this book? I've read it all. You've read it all. Yeah. And Braden, I know, has read it oh, all. Oh, yeah. Gotta keep up with my what do you What do you guys think about The Boys? I think that the Miles Morales thinking it was a ghostwriter bit was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it totally makes sense that he would think that. There were, like, two lines, and I forget what they are, but... Uh, I could not, like, I just read them as Justin McElroy being Taco from the Adventure Zone. Mm. Um, which is just a sort of, you know, one thing about this book is that it feels, it is, um, you know, it's weird that it's those four boys. Yeah. Um, and I have a hard time evaluating or looking at this um, as a standalone piece of art is the thing with me. Which is why I'm more interested in what other people think about it. Sure. Roman, yeah. as somebody who's not uh, McElroy f- a, a aficionado, what, what did you think yeah. of this? Yeah, um, McElite. It's it's. Oh. That's kind of how I feel about the book. It's light. Um, it's amusing. 
there's some funny lines. There's I'm reading it just because for for mainly because Jeff loves the McElroy so much, so I keep reading this. <laughs> um, it's not totally written for me because I don't know anything about these and some of the characters. I'm like, you know, why does Kate Bishop sound so not like she mm-hmm. has sounds in her other series? Mm. So that keeps throwing me off. But I like all the little things like the Phantom Rider showing up and the jokes around him and that because he was the original Ghost Rider, you know, all that. Yeah, mm. it makes me wonder a little bit how much they've read because I, clearly, I, I think they're probably not reading a ton of Marvel comics, but for sure. And I do like they even casually mentioned in a recent podcast that like this this was like they're like yeah we wrote a Marvel comic. And I'm like well mostly we talked to our dad and our dad wrote a Marvel comic. Yeah, book. yeah. <laughs> and, and he's listed as the sole writer on Marvel Team Up coming up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. This whole thing sounds a ton like Clint McElroy to me, and that yeah. I mean that in an awesome way because I think he is hilarious and is so charming, and you know it's one of the best parts of the Adventure Zone. His his voice is really strong. He had written comics in the past. He has like a YouTube channel where he re- reviews po- or comic books. He's he's a pretty active comic book guy. Yeah. So I'm, I think he's pretty excited to sort of be doing comic stuff in the future here, and I think that this works better than most. He seems more like a comic book writer than a lot of people who are kind of transitioning from other forms of media into comic booking. Like podcasting. Exactly. But I think, I, yeah, like you said, I don't know how much the, the younger boys have really read him. Yeah, because like Kate Bishop definitely sounds a little different. Um, and it's like that's that's to be expected when any new writer is yeah. doing a character. Same with Miles. He's kind of got a different voice. Yeah. I do yeah. really like the voice of Thori. Thori is, I think, Thor's, very good. Yeah, Thori yeah. is great. It does feel kind of divorced from... All the rest of the Marvel universe, even though it's a tie-in, a spin-off to a major event, um, Baldor even sounds a little off to me. I, I, I like I like how Baldor sounds though, because I mean I've never had a super definitive Baldor. Yeah, voice yeah, I, had, I sure but... don't have that. Yeah, for me it's Walt Simonson's run on Thor. Uh, Walt, Walt, that guy. Uh, you got you you read the second one this week. I read the second one this morning yeah. and the third one right after. Mm-hmm. How about that diaper joke? I, I, that was fine. That was pretty good. <laughs> They're all parents at this point, so... I th- yeah. They'd be remiss if they didn't. Yeah, and there are some, like, pretty... Like, there's the awesome Kate Bishop reference to, like, Carly Rae Jepsen as Griffin's in love with Carly J. R- J. Rip, that musician. Um, <laughs> there, there's a bunch of other things that are sort of... I think that Wonder Man is kind of just written as Travis is... Mm-hmm. Sort of my thing there. Um, although there was a really, yeah, awesome, like just definitively taco moment to me. I do love Wonder Man's his interaction with uh, is it Death Locket? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just their thing about movies and classic westerns that was cool. Yeah. They do seem to know or care a lot about some characters that I don't really know anything about. Uh, what like Phantom Rider? Yeah all those characters or Balder I don't really know much about but mm-hmm. even um, like Death Locket is a character that I haven't really seen come up often Yeah like yeah. I, I'm sure I've read her in a book somewhere <clears throat> yeah. at some point but I like her a lot I never heard of her until this series. Do you think that they care about the characters or that they just kind of wanted to have that bait and switch in the beginning like in the first issue which I, I thought was really funny. I, they... I think they care about those characters I think they use that to, as a way to get these characters into the story and Really? Yeah I do know that, yeah, like, Griffin has read the Fraction Hawkeye run. You yes. know, I, uh-huh. I think there are some some clear gits in there. I don't, I don't think Miles' voice is exactly right on. I I don't know. I think that I maybe liked the 
second issue, maybe a little bit more than this one, but I actually, I've really liked all three at this point. I like the consistency of the ghost logic they have in this. Like, only hmm. only the mystical weapons will affect them. Yeah, the only like, ghost like, the hand. guy who's like a sorcerer can actually talk to them and stuff. It's just that kind of like little touches like that are nice. But I, I, I like how War of the Realms is kind of... Uh, giving an opportunity for books like this um, and like maybe some other creators that jump in and try some different things. Like I know uh, War Scrolls number two comes out next month mm-hmm. and we're going to have a Hulkling and Weakened story in that, um, which we haven't seen those characters in forever. Since like Kieran Gillen's Young Avengers. So yeah, really? it's kind of a nice way to like, yeah, what about these characters? Let's yeah. hear from them. And I think that's when events are at their best. Mm-hmm. I guess I am just pretty pleased that this doesn't feel like the McElroy's not trying to be themselves, but also... Um, it seems like they kind of were just like, yeah, do whatever you want, and they haven't ste- steered super far from what I think the characters should sound like, but also haven't sacrificed who they are to be on a Marvel book. I give it a 7.5, maybe an 8. I don't know. That art's f- real special, too. Mm. I, w- uh, I would give it an 8. I think uh, any any four writers, uh, regardless of how popular their podcast is, is gonna get a little messy but i think yeah. they're doing a, a good job um i'll give it a seven it would have been lower except i love all the obscure marvel western characters showing mm. up i think that roman and clint would get along i bet i bet they would okay so another thing is that all of you boys <laughs> went to las vegas since mm. the last podcast we sure did Sorry, that was you guys boys i'm just sort of here to absorb the glittery glinting glow off of you folks uh you've still got a little vegas in your eye roman I do. God, yeah. I, thought, I, I thought the I thought the lotion would clear that up. You'd think with the amount that you paid, they would have cleaned up your yeah, eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, we're, it was amazing. It was fun. You we, we learned things. You hung out with yeah. Todd McFarland. Mm. Well, Brady, did you get a hand on that out. ball? Um, a little bit. He took I, the picture. I, uh, I spent more time with Eric Larson. But oh, <laughs> after you got back, yeah, yeah. What happened with that? Eric Larson just came into the store last night. Braden was like, hey, Eric Larson came in the store and then wouldn't tell anybody else anything (laughs) until now. I had to let you all know that it happened, but then I had to finish closing the store and go to bed. Sonic uh, the Hedgehog is a book that's been coming out for a while now with IDW, but I like the character Espio, Mm -hmm. who is a purple chameleon ninja who hangs out with the the Chaotix team, who used to hang out with Knuckles, and now there's, they kind of do their own There's a Knuckles thing. vibe to this. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I, I I wanted to bring this issue up because <laughs> it's got some big stuff happening, and it's kind of like the darkest the series has gotten. And, you know, like, you know, as, as dark as a Sonic the Hedgehog comic on the get, but it almost felt like a, a cross of Sonic and The Walking Dead. Uh, oh, yeah. There's this... Uh, uh, Eggman's got this big old uh, plague virus that's just this metal, this liquid goop that uh, whenever it touches organic material, turns it into a robot zombie slave of his, and whenever they touch another organic thing, it spreads to them, and he spreads it by uh, vomiting it out of his big face-shaped airship. Oh, that's cool. Um, Onto a building. Yeah, so we've seen him, like, you know, test it out and, like, go to some towns and stuff, but this time he hits the city that the uh, SBO and the Chaotix are in, and it gets pretty chaotic. Oh. Uh, 
Sonic, you've got the goo on you. Sonic has had the goo on him for a couple issues, and the only reason it hasn't spread to him is because he can so he can run it off, yeah. um, but he has to keep running. Um, I read that issue of the Flash. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but particularly, what was uh, <clears throat> cool about this issue and. Uh, almost a little hard to read. There was a couple characters where they were like, they're trying to evacuate this city basically because it's getting zombie plagued. Um, and they were like, all right, watch out for any zombies. Like, we'll, we'll get you out of here. And they're like, there's a zombie. And it's like, there's a woman who's just got like a little bit of goop on her. And she's like, oh wait, no, don't. I'm not turned yet. It, I can still make it and stuff. And they're like, uh-oh. And so they have to like- I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he uh, like, Vector, the big strong crocodile dude, like uh, as she's pleading for her life, uh, takes- he just starts picking up cars and like builds a wall around her and they fucking leave her there and it's like holy crap wow um and charmy the bee who is a very good boy is uh not okay with it what a good good bee he's very safe um (laughs) but uh at at the end uh he goes back to save her because he's like we have to save everyone like that's what we're here for give me another helmet (laughs) and so he goes back he doesn't need one though to save her but by the end of it he has not returned Oh. And it's scary. So tell me this. Riddle me this, okay. Braden man. Uh, what is Dr. The, what is the Eggman's motive? He's just a real jerk. Okay. Um, he, he hates wildlife, he hates, it seems like. He hates Sonic the Hedgehog, and he seems to hate organic life. Um, he wants to turn everything into his robot slave. It's basic okay. basic uh, megalomania, take over the world stuff, but he's got a particular vendetta with Sonic and turning people into robots that okay. will obey his command. Did Sonic wrong him at some point, or just beat him too many um, times? Beat him too many times? He, he made fun of him a lot. Like Before, he was Dr. Robotnik, um, and you know they would call him Eggman and make fun of him and stuff, and then he, now he just kind of owns that name and goes by Dr. Eggman. Okay. Um, but that's that's his steel spiel. Okay. Um, is what, what, what do you give this issue? It seems like a I give this good issue one. a nine. Like yeah. you really see uh, some interesting character stuff that you would not expect with like you know a kids book kind of characters. You see like, Sonic like struggling with some hard decisions as he's trying to save as many people he, as he can, but he just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you got this haunting Eggman ship just floating in the back with glowing yeah. red eyes, and it's got. Uh, Espio, who's my favorite character, and he does some real awesome ninja shit. Mm. And there's that poor woman who gets metal-fied. It's, yeah, it was intense. Gosh. Let's transition over here <clears throat> to my very fast friend. Really not much of a departure. It's just blue, mm. uh, no longer blue, it's red. The Flash, Joshua Williamson, Howard Porter, issue number 71. Colors by Hi-Fi. Second part of year one, which I talked about being pretty fond of. I think everyone read this book, except for Amy Roman. He's I looking at me it. like I'm a cookie. I mean, I kind of I kind of skimmed it, read it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Did I got flash the, read it? I got the gist. Yeah, I flash read it. How'd you feel about it? Um, um, Flash fact, I liked it a lot. It was very quick. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a lot of good stuff for you all ahead of us. Just don't you go away. Just buckle in and cover your ears and listen to our podcast. (laughs) Isn't it awesome, the pictures? <laughs> I mean it though. Yeah, I the really art is love the art's the art. great in this. I, I, and I think we talked about this in the first issue. The the paneling really does it for me. Yeah, just to give me sixteen panels a page. I yeah. love that the four fourth page when he's like just shaking his head over four horizontal panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if any book's going to have a lot of panels, I would want it to be a flash book. Yeah, yeah. Sense. for sure. And the 16 
panel page breakdown is interesting. I remember Grant Morrison wanting multiversity, or at least the Pax Americana issue to be written in a 16-page breakdown because that is like music and 16th notes and 8th notes and half notes oh, and full wow. pages and then the harmonic overtones of the DC universe being a part of it. So he was doing it like from wow, a cool. real music theory point of view. Mm-hmm. This one's got some very cool sound effects written into explosions. Oh, I yeah. missed that one. That's so, cool. crams. What about uh, this this panel with uh, with Old Man Flash? Does that does that qualify as a dab? Ooh, I hope not. Oh, I hope not. Josh Williams, and don't have old fla- old man Flash dabbing. Mm. So this is basically the end of the first issue of the year one stuff. Flash would just went for a jaunt, went too fast, ended up way far in the future where old man Flash was like, we've got to stop time traveling. Uh, he shows him Central City. It's been taken over by the Turtle, which is a kind of a dumb throwaway villain, which is kind of rad. And it, he shows him Central City's been domed off and they ultimately find the cosmic treadmill and get him out of there and goes back in time and kind of encounters the turtle again. But it's just a cool, I, I like, again, I question why we're telling a Flash origin story right now. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I think that this is a really well done one. Yeah. I, a real Don Juan. I've, I enjoyed it. I hope that we go back to the regular time and and don't return to the future. It doesn't look like we have any reason to go back at this point. I didn't think we had a reason to go there. Also, I wouldn't have read it if it didn't say year one on it, Mm -hmm. Um, but I maybe would have liked it more without that without that tag. Dig that. Um, But yeah, man, the, the art is a real interesting mix of kind of real nice detail, and then every once in a while, it kind of falls flat. Um, I, but for I, the most part, it's badass. I love a lot of like the action and the art and stuff. Yeah, I don't like the faces. Like that first page where he's just kind of looking around. Like, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it kind of bugged me. Um, but it's very kinetic. It's but yeah, the kinetic stuff. It's very yeah, kinetic, and it's pretty cool. I love the way the turtle looks in this because mm. he's never looked so uh, cool and form- formidable. I, and I think he was Barry Allen's very first foe, which is why he's in. Year one here. Mm. He's, okay. he's showing up in. He, he was in that Justice League, like with Legion of Doom, or he's, like a, he's a baby. He's part something. of the Slow Force, right? Yeah, yeah, the slow yeah. Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in the TV show. Oh. Is his arch enemy the Flash? The hair? Oh no! Oh, you're back. Oh, I didn't realize that you were. <laughs> oh, hi, Jeff. Back. Hey, Django. Hi, Jeff. You've only been back in town for a few hours. Hello. Are you going to keep that uh, number two donut joke? I'm going to keep it for sure. The Especially poop joke? if we can get out of this thing in a timely fashion. Oh, all of your jokes are staying. I wouldn't bet on that at all. <laughs> Don't talk like the turtle. They call me the turtle. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that lip. <laughs> that turtle lip. So, okay. So, you guys are not soaring quite as high on Flash Year One as Jeff is. I'm digging it. I don't think I'm soaring quite as high, but yeah, definitely enjoying it. it. it I'm liking it more than I thought I would. At first, I wasn't going to even read it because I was like, well, we already, I've already seen a bunch of Flash Origins. I think it's the best Flash that Rebirth has had yet. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is 71 Which is, issues. Yeah. Over the course of three and a half years, three I know, years. That's crazy. With the same yeah. creative team, like, for yeah, the most part. Same right? writer. Yeah. No, I. So I I don't think I've really read any Flash issues since probably issue five or six, um, other than maybe a couple spot issues for the podcast. And I'm going to finish this story out. Wow. It's not my favorite, but I'll definitely finish the story. We got Django, boys. I remember reading a Flash comic in fifth grade. 
and I remember like Captain Cold was there because there were some ice skates and there was blood, and it was very dark, and huh. I was not prepared for it, and I can't really remember it. But do you, do you want me to find it for you? Yes. Oh, don't uh, give him this. Purpose. Yes, please. I'll, I'll bet you anything. The skates belong to Golden Glider, which is Captain Cold's sister. Oh, oh wow! I give it a seven. Um, a lot of it's for the art, but I think the story is pretty good. I give it a seven also, and I'm gonna keep reading it. I'm gonna give it a a, a Vegas uh, seven seven seven. Oh, as well. <laughs> which is like a ten, Brayden. A, a lucky seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I'll do sevens. That's what I wanted. That's what I was trying to get done here at this table. <laughs> Good job, Flash. You oh, did it. Oh, that's what they call me. <laughs> um, War of the Realms, Strike Force, Land of the Giants, Roman, take me to that cold, cold zone. Cold, cold zone by Tom Taylor. And uh, is it George or Jorge Molina? I don't know. What is this? I would assume Jorge. I would assume Jorge. This okay. isn't the issue that came out last week with the giant man. No. no, that was no, that Giant was Man. Giant, there are giant giants man. in this one, though. They die a lot more in this one. Okay. Yeah, this is this is the Avengers team that Freya sends out to fight. Oh, what does she do? Sends out to fight the giants and retrieve something sled by Cap. It's got Cap and Spidey and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Wolverine. This is um, where we get Captain America wearing his jacket designed by Arthur Adams. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is actually they okay. go out to rescue Thor. Yeah, yeah. That's it's being held by the giants. And they've got the Valkyries' horses, the Pegasus. Because the Valkyries were all killed, but some of the Pegasuses, Pegasi. I love survived. this artist. Yeah, great art. Um, it's a cool team. It's all very serious, but great Spider-Man moments where, you know, he gets Captain America, kind of, you know, wants to ride on the back of the horse, and Spider-Man's like, woo, because you know they're on a flying horse. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was the best part in Endigame. For me, it was oh, yeah, when yeah. Spidey <laughs> rode on the back of the Pegasus. He did like that. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, I forgot about that. How could you? <laughs> well, I only saw what? it once. I need to see it some more yeah. times. Oh. But yeah, there's a lot of great humorous moments in here. It's a great team. Um, this was a lot of fun. And there's a lot of actually surprisingly touching moments with the horses, the Pegasuses going into battle. Um, Spider-Man, Wolverine puts this helmet on him as just kind of a joke. Because Spider-Man's like, well, I don't want to pick a weapon from the armory. I'm not really a weapon guy. So Wolverine slaps this helmet on him that he later says he just did it because it looked funny. But it turns out the helmet allows Spider-Man to talk to the... Uh, the Pegasus, and there's a lot of great horse, flying horse dialogue. There's a great <laughs> flying horse culture and the way they kind of respect each other as warriors and respect the human warriors. There's some touching stuff when they get injured. It's like like Mad Max Fury Road, but with winged horses. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a great comparison. Great action and just some noble, poignant moments when, with Pegasus death. Who's drawing that? It looks really cool. It's uh, Jorge Jimenez. I think it's this. Jorge, Jorge Molina. Oh, Jorge Jimenez is doing Justice League. I was gonna say oh. they both have like a very like fast uh, stylized art style that made me think it was. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it's crazy if he's doing Justice League and this yeah, at the this, same time. Yeah. That's double dipping. Hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love how Spider-Man double named dip. his named his Asgardian Valkyrie horse. He named it Buttercup. Until uh-huh. he finds out later that when he communicates with it and tells it, it tells it its its real name, and he's like, "I'm sorry, it's getting me to call cool you Buttercup, <laughs> Queen Arcturus." Yeah, which, yeah. But she's cool with Buttercup, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man apologizes. And she's like, "No, Buttercup's a good name too." What <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's doing with people that are of the same mindset that he is? Yeah, super chill. Yeah, and it's a very sweet story. It's very respectful, and that was cool. Just seeing the warrior, seeing Thor in a berserker rage. Mm. And have you guys all noticed? I guess everyone, we've all 
we all are hearing Roman say warrior. Like we're all hearing that. <laughs> I I, I stopped listening the fourth time he said Pegasus. This, this, this. Okay, okay. Well, I listen to all of it. And, but well, I was hoping somebody would but, tell me what the what but the war- plural of Pegasus warrior is. Warrior is like a classic Roman affectation. The warrior. 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 Yeah. I guess I didn't notice because that's the just, Warriors, Jeff. W O Y E R. The Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have had that second my tie. Oh, buddy, <laughs> what did you give the book? I'll, I'll give. I'm going to give this an eight. My first oh. high score of the podcast. Oh, this was so good. High grade. I really loved it. Uh, Braden, you read it? I did. I, you... I would give it a seven point five. I think it was a good, fun comic. I think Tom Taylor knows how to have fun writing a comic really well. Yeah. He's uh, also good. Good heartbeats. Yeah. Although I, I was a little disappointed that they had to kill off all the Pegasuses. Did they the, all for die? This emotional payoff, which was like okay, but yeah. They did all die. Oh, bummer deal. We'll see more. There got to be some. There's some cult somewhere. They better oh. be. It's a cult like a baby. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 little, a little kid cult. horse. So tell me about the unstoppable wasp, you Vegas brethren. What was your favorite part, Django? Of the unstoppable wasp? Yeah. The cover. It's so, a good cover. So, so a lot far, of it's a very sweet cover. So far, my favorite part of this book is the cover. <laughs> Oh, that first page is pretty good too. There's some good Bucky stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at that second, and third pages, consistent. Yes. Is is Bucky? Okay. Can I can I admit something? Yeah. I really don't like Bucky in the movies. <gasps> oh, he's kind of slimy. His, he's his, greasy. Yeah. Something about his character design and his beard okay. just makes me not able to take him seriously. When Cap grows a beard, he's like rugged and rogue, and when when Bucky grows a beard, he just looks – he looks like he lived in L.A. and grew a beard because he lives in L.A. No, he looks like he, he had to tragically grow a beard, and I want to, you know, comfort him and stroke it gently. <laughs> that's, that's my argument. I guess, I guess to me, tragedy – doesn't include a beard comb. <laughs> he I think he looks has pretty close comb. to, like, comic books Bucky. I guess I've never like read Bird it. Baker, Epting. Mm-hmm. I should read that one. Yeah. I just really don't like the way he looks. But uh, I'll bet this Wasp book is pretty good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, wow. Okay, yeah, we'll start the timer for this book now. <laughs> he looks good in the Wasp book. His hair's not as long. Yeah. Um, this is just another great issue of the Wasp. They they go – The most of the issue is they're having the first um, – I forget what girl stands for now. But the first girl young scientist expo, which was – Wasp Junior's idea and Wasp Senior kind of gets organized with Mockingbird and her friends, and it's all just um, young female scientists and their ideas and getting them out there and kind of getting Stark Industries or whatever to to see what they're doing, hear their ideas. What's he doing over here? <laughs> it's fine. I thought I had a skin flake in my drink. Oh, Ugh, fuck, God. man. That's such a bummer. <laughs> That's the worst thing that I think that you thought that you thought you saw. <laughs> it was just a bubble. It's cool. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I would love it if they spelled out this acronym, like, in the I know. intro summary. Uh, I can never remember I, what I, it stands I, for. I do forget it uh, a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, they really should. Um, and the other subplot in the book is Bucky and uh, Mockingbird mm-hmm. are breaking into... What is it? An, an old, old red room facility. Yeah, an old red room facility somewhere in Russia, I think it is. Um, and I forgot. I already forgot why they're doing that. Because uh, uh, Nadia's got a fake mom who's been calling. Uh, oh right. And says she's trapped in a yeah yeah Russian facility, yeah. like a red room. Uh, and they go they go investigate. Um, 
it's a trap, and then she gets a call from her mom that says, hey, I'm in the hotel, come find me, and mm. who would have guessed is another trap. Did they have to pick yeah. up a phone to find her? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were on a phone the whole time. <laughs> but... And it's they do they do a good job of showing why she would fall for it though because she clearly desperately wants that connection with someone. Uh, yeah, yeah, with an actual relative because mm-hmm. I don't think her and well Hank Pym is like Ultron now or something, and so he's not connected well, yeah, with well, anybody. <laughs> but it's just another great issue with the re- the relationships between this group of friends, this mm-hmm. family, and kind of the realistic way that they're dealing with the stuff each one of them is dealing with in their life. Um, and there's action, but that's kind of secondary, I think, to the to the meat of the story. Yeah, definitely. I love that Avengers villain, Captain Tornado, or whatever. What is Whirlwind? his name? Whirlwind. <laughs> he was in a like a, a shitty Super Nintendo Avengers game when I was a kid, and I've oh. always thought he was so cool. He's got the same uh, blade thing that uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's got like Thor hat. Ears on Iron Man. Iron Man's head. Oh, you, don't you mean Major X ears that are sometimes there and sometimes not? He's <laughs> got well, Major X feet. When he's using them, Major yeah. X can't. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was. It was cool seeing him show up because old continuity. He used to stop. <laughs> he used to stop. <laughs> what are you doing? We just talked circles around Jeff. He, he I'm, almost I'm, caught up. And I'm <laughs> out of it, man. I, I'm, I've been a sick, sick boy and <laughs> on a lot of medication. Well, this is going to be good next issue because Whirlwind used to <laughs> always had a thing for Janet Van Dyne, the original. Oh, yeah. they, they introduced yeah. him as Janet's former stalker. Yeah, yeah. So, he used to come after her and you know, get in big fights with her and Hank when he was Giant Man or Ant Man or Yellow Jacket it's or whatever. Skin flake in my wine. There's nothing but skin flakes in in my cup. I have no wine, just skin flakes. I switched it on him. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you boys give it? What was... was Man, I'm going to give the... Oh, one of my favorite characters from the old Young Avengers shows up. Yeah, Finesse is super good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a nine. A niner? Number nine? Uh, I would give it an eight. I like it a lot. I especially like where they uh, introduce all of the the girls on the the main team, um, and they have some... Very cool fashion. I love Nadia's uh, tux skirt dress. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's awesome. That cool. uh, I made it about halfway through this issue because I was trying to read it before the podcast. <coughs> and I loved that there was like just pages of character bios and introductions. Like we were mm-hmm, seeing mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. yeah. You guys know what the difference between a tux and a suit is? But um bum. You are one to a wedding and the other to Vegas. No, one of them has like satin on it. A tux has satin. Like collar or accents like the real smooth slippery fabric i think you're gonna waste my time you say something poignant and insightful and filled with wisdom you know what it is i i do my best to set up jokes in the same way that i set up dropping knowledge oh yeah i'm eating a donut you're welcome (laughs) uh action comics number 1011 this one's by brian michael bendis with art by Steve Epting and colors by uh, Anderson. What's which uh, Anderson? Probably Brett. Nobody knows. Judge Anderson. Judge Anderson. Judge Anderson. Um, oh, Godzilla's coming. So this just gives us more kind of build up to <laughs> Leviathan. It gives us more of Clark and Lois undercover. Can doing I, that undercover. Can thing. I tell everybody that in Detective Comics this week there were eight pages of <laughs> ads for Event Leviathan. All of them Oof. almost the exact same, but with a different character profile. But look at this. Look at look at audio people, audio listeners. <laughs> yeah. Ad, ad, 
add. Oh, shit. Add, 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 and add, they, add. And they're, so, they're so dark. 24 is, uh, or 8 is a third of the comic book. Yeah. That's crazy. They're crazy. That's, yeah, I... I don't quite understand why. Maybe they lost some big advertising accounts, or maybe this really is a big goddamn deal. Maybe they're really pumped for Krypton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, I like the art in this issue a whole lot more than I liked uh, than I've liked his art in action comics lately. Um, uh, there's a scene where uh, who who is Huntress? it? Manhunter? Uh, no. Who's who's fighting uh, Maggie Sawyer in the beginning there? Manhunter. Is it Manhunter? Okay. Yeah, Kate Spencer. Okay. She just fights her way through a bunch of special yeah. units, and that was awesome. That's cool to see in a in a Superman comic book, like some actual human non-human oh, fighting. Yeah, like, like fist fighting, and it's like, yeah, it, it felt like um, Jason Bourne kind of action to me, yeah. like battling your way down a stairwell kind of thing. I would agree. I think that the art... Steve Epting's art on this, which is a thing that I would have never seen coming, has gotten better with each issue, and I think mm-hmm. he's just killing it uh, now. And it might have something to do with the colors, because these colors are oh, gorgeous. Yeah. With Rebirth, they like with like Gleason and the art on the original Tomasi's at the beginning of Rebirth, like they've just like the red and blue of Superman is a different yeah. thing than it has been for a long time. I don't know how to describe it, but it's very vivid and it's it, very iconic. Yeah. What was that? Um, Jimmy Olsen is hanging out in the Fortress of Solitude where she he was uh, supposed to be guarding um, Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. And look what he says. But he says he a word. He says, that, I totally papped her. What is... I, okay, did, I puzzled over that. Did Jimmy come to our podcast when I He's been it? around. Where's he's he, always he here. Say that? He's the live studio audience. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at, it's the page after the Leviathan yeah. ad. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh wait, wait, which Leviathan? I think they. Yeah, what did that mean? I think they were afraid to get sued by Snapchat. Oh. So I think oh. he's saying that he Pap-chat. snapped her. Yeah, Papchat okay. okay. in the DC universe. So we should probably write a letter to Stuart Shrek and thank him for slipping that into Bendis's ear. Or oh, sue wow. his ass into the ground. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't actually. Paps you know, our word. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> we're gonna sue him over sue. Paps. I don't want to steal Stuart. I love Stuart. Um, it's time for a pap Stuart. It's been like the most, like this is just the most classic Bendis, like slow burn up to a thing. That's yeah. him. I think that it, it is so unique to him right now, but it harkens back to older comic things to me where like they were telling a story, but there was clearly like a 12 issue lead up to a thing that was coming in. And I still like reading this book. It's still one of the first things I read every week. I, I, genuinely really really like it but it has been like six issues of lead up to a one issue big giant special that's a lead up to the event and that's crazy but that is kind of how he writes also like real slow between a lot of different books and this is kind of how superman and action comics and the adventures of superman and um the other superman uh, man of steel back around felt back in the 90s the the, the emblem days yeah like before superman died Mm -hmm. this to me feels a lot like that where you're following i mean i think we have four different groups in here that we're following it's like one for each series the the golden guardian or whatever his name is. guardian yeah and superman and lois and uh and amanda waller kind of intrigue um, that's that's the vibe I get from it is that we're just following a bunch of different stories and it, it feels like those days it is surprising to me that Superman the other Superman book um, about Superman is so unrelated to this right now which is totally fine but it also feels like um, this could be two books worth of material 
this issue? Yeah, yeah. or just like this series is covering enough wide yeah. things that it could be more than one series. I like the way it's going. Oh, I, I, I really I, like it. I, I like waiting a month for this, these issues. I do too. I like it a lot. And I like that we also, at the same time, are waiting a month, but we every two weeks get a Superman Bendis book. Speaking of that, yeah. DC's about to do that with everything, I think. Have Bendis read it all? Have everything go monthly. Oh, yeah. That I would love for them to go back to that. Yeah, it's it's coming. Good. Yeah, monthly is coming. I give this book a seven and a half. Yeah, I give it a seven and a half. I, I think there's only one book this week that made it like over an eight for me, so. Was it Runaways? Oh. Uh, it's none of my business, is it? It's none of your fucking business, dude. All right, right on. Jesus. I give, I give this book a seven. Good solid seven. I really like this way Superman, his, his x-ray vision makes a big, huge blue sweep across the city. I'm going to bring a lot to the table next week, everybody. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm going to be out of the sickness haze. I'm going to have titillating conversation, questions, bits for everybody. I'm going to have insight. It's going to make up for everything that's happened with me tonight. I hope, I hope I'm scintillating. Who knows? <laughs> Let's do some buckshots. Mm. Roman, oh, man, I don't. You're starting. Okay, just throw some books at me. I'll buckshot them. Detective Comics, Go. 1004, by Tomasi and the Usual Crew. Um, this continues with. This was great. Um, I didn't care about the Arkham Knight. Now I care about the Arkham Knight. It's it's Jeremiah Arkham's daughter, and this was kind of a twisted issue because for some reason Arkham raises his daughter within Arkham Asylum. Because so. he's totally sane. Sorry, yeah, this is your yeah. one shot. <laughs> well, no, you're yeah, right. Well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can talk about this book as well. Yeah, uh, he raises her in there so she gets to know all these little crevices and crawlways and, and she's basically raised with her friends and companions being the inmates of Arkham. So she, so she ends up a little twisted and then a tragic thing happens and she blames Batman and it's horrible. Um, so that's why she grows up to be the Arkham Knight. Take out Batman. This was well told. I was really surprised. Um, and I, apparently, somebody told me this looking through the wall thing. This happened in some. There's a Detective One Thousand. There was a visual image. Of oh, that. okay, okay. Um, oh, and then Anton Arcane shows up because apparently he's also in Arkham, which I didn't know. This was cool. Uh, somebody throw me another book. I need another book to buckshot. Go gooned up. Assess. I thought we were doing the goon as part of our regular. No, we just got one more left. Oh, okay. Uh, goon number two, Eric Powell, who's a great guy. This was awesome, too, with Vinny Nasaratu. It's back to classic goon humor and sick horror. I'm really glad to see all this again, because I fell off the goon a few years back when it kind of got serious and bogged down, I felt. <laughs> I love he looked for us, like, right? <laughs> I remember that. Okay, this is good. I'm glad that you got these two things, because that opens me up to some things I want to talk to you yeah. about. All right. Like, all right. I, I like how he fell off the goon, and now he's getting back on. Yeah, like, yeah, he fell, fell off, off the, the goon. goon. You mean when it stopped coming out years ago? <laughs> no, before uh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um I don't, I you met Eric Powell him. in Vegas this last weekend. Sat pretty close to him. Yeah, he's a swell Did you touch guy. Touch him? He, I, I didn't touch him. I was afraid to touch him. You didn't him. shake hands with him. No, we weren't. We didn't actually. You didn't like shoulder we didn't talk. Speak. Touch him? Oh wait, wait, no. We did. I patted Scott Snyder's butt. Oh man, I didn't get to. I, I, I want to yeah. pack it. Pat Thought it was mine. <laughs> I want to pat his butt. Um, <laughs> I think I did. What that means? I think I did shake his hand because I, I so you in, in the exhibition hall, yeah, because he was oh, signing for us. Exhibition is yeah. He was like the first table when you go in. <laughs> he was um, close enough to our dinner table. We could have spit on him. Easy. Yeah, I bet yeah. he would have loved that. He, so he was a good guy. He was. He did a great, funny uh, uh, video that him and his partner, I guess, 
did that got screwed up and broke down halfway through so we didn't get to see the finish of it but he's very but it was funny really funny he's funny and he's smart just like and, you'd expect and he's also incredibly good at art like the art yeah. in this book is so varied like pencil sketches to watercolor stuff to then just like straight cartooning it's yeah 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 and the tonal shifts in the art are just so cool and all the storytelling it's a it's a really good and book. well done yeah yeah, yeah. i really yeah. liked it um I would have probably given that one a 7.5 or an 8. But I also want to talk to you about Detective Comics. Yeah, I'll, which I'll is, give it an 8. Okay. Th that book, Detective Comics, was like a lot of text per page. It and was. I've heard you complain about Bendis doing that recently. And you're like, oh, I just can't do it. Yeah. But this was denser than that, I well, feel like. Was. The only saving grace is that visually it was pretty interesting. The images were yeah, all very... Yeah, they all kind of... I don't know how to describe it. It's got curious, all kind of flowed around why with the did art. that work for you better than like in like Bendis lately? You were like, I don't know. Well, wasn't, I think that one. <laughs> I remember when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my usual quote. Put that on the cover. Um, Bendis, because I think like when he did that Naomi. Oh, it was Naomi it, most of yeah, the and I, and I think it was, it was just hard for me to read. And it was single images also. Yeah, because it was just, it wasn't in a balloon, I think a lot of times. It was just on the page. Recently, so Green Lantern did that too, which was also hard for me to read. Mm -hmm. And that annoys me. It's also hard for me to read, so I'm just curious yeah. why. Th this was really hard for me to get through. Those those middle ten pages of like oh, really? two issues worth of text. Um, <laughs> I was sick and I was reading it in oh. bed, and I fell asleep halfway through, and then woke up and finished it. it See, I it think wasn't part hard of, for me. Yeah. yeah, I think part of the reason this wasn't hard for me was because it was such a surprise to me. Because the previous two issues, I think, with Arkham Knight, I was like, God. Why am I reading this? I don't care the about Arkham Knight. Banter's been really good. The Damien Banner was good, but yeah, I was like, this Arkham Knight is just like a third-rate evil version of Azrael. Who cares? Yeah. But then this issue, I was into it. It surprised me that the backstory was pretty interesting. I was like, oh, cool. So I think that's why it didn't bother me. I was just like, this is a lot of text. It is a lot of text. Not a lot of double-page spreads with text on top, though. Yeah. No, which is, it's like, yeah. And some good yeah. tragedy. I like a good tragic origin for a villain and messed up family. Like, what kind of parent raises yeah. their daughter in an insane asylum? In Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I have a really hard time believing that anybody would let Jeremiah Arkham keep running the <laughs> asylum because every three years or so, some other totally fucked up thing comes out of that guy. And this time, yeah. it's a full-grown girl that he's raised from being born in there. And you can say that he's crazy, but I was listening to a different podcast today, and it was about this book. And they raised the point where when she thinks that the Batarang that killed her mom was Batman, she blames Batman. And her mm -hmm. dad says he knew it wasn't him, but he let her think that. And, like, why? Yeah, yeah why? They never what, explain that. What is the point of that? Unless he is overtly opposed to Batman, mm. then he would let it happen. But, like, what's the point of not correcting that pretty huge assessment of the morality yeah. of people? And her whole life is based on taking him down now. That yeah, seems that like... was the one big mistake in the story time, too. Because Batman asked him, well, what about the digital the recordings, the Video. She must have at some point watched the digital stuff. Yeah, and like, Arkham doesn't answer the question. Yeah. The only question is... Er, I guess the explanation would be that like he didn't tell her because he because she was supposed supposed to come up become a villain for this. Like, yeah, or he wanted it. It's yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a hole. But I'm curious. Yeah, what do you, uh, what do you give it? Uh, I, gu uh, I give it a seven point five. Like those three panels. Which is maybe part. Of, I guess the point five yeah. is because I was just so surprised that it was interesting. 
I, I was going to buckshot it, but I think we just discussed it instead. Yeah. Um, I, I would give it, I got to give it two scores. I would give it like an 8.5 for like a nice, concise supervillain origin. Mm-hmm. I would give it a six um, because I don't like the villain she becomes. Yeah. I wanted her to be something way cooler than the Arkham Knight. Too many belts. I do yeah. like the art in it as well. Oh uh, yeah, the art's great. Yeah, I just, I just, somebody said this is a character from a video game, and yeah. that makes me give it even mm, less. That's right. Well, sway. Like, it was in the like Arkham City, like Arkham Asylum video games. They did Arkham Knight, and when that came out, they had Tomasi write the origin for the character, mm, and in okay. the video game, spoilers, it's Jason Todd. But he really liked the concept and design of the character, so he is introducing it to the main DC continuity as a non-Jason Todd person. I think I said this last time we talked about this series, but in a world with guns, why would you have a knight sword? I've heard cool. you say that in more than Bec- this. Because she wants to be a knight. Yeah, because it's cool. No, it was this, actually. Yes, I don't know. It just seems ineffective. Django, you got a minute 30 seconds. Go. All right. I read Faithless. Boner. Number two. Um, <laughs> this introduces us to a bunch of new characters. It's got... Some of the most uh, graphic money shots I've ever seen in comics. Uh, the final page is another great cliffhanger, but not nearly as ooky as the first issue. And uh, I'm pretty sure she meets Neil Gaiman in the middle of this issue. Huh? Um, That's other bro town's dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's this is a super sexy book. It suffers a lot from Brian Azzarello doing his Brian Azzarello thing where. They do puns where, like, the guy is singing on stage and he says, it's not what you see. And then his backup band says, see, as in yes, in Spanish. And then he says... Dude, Brian Azarello just really, really wanted to be in a band and never got a chance to. So he's always got bands playing shitty music in the back of his comic. There, there's, like, two other places that that happens. And I... I people aren't... People don't talk like that, and it bugs me. Road of Bones was awesome from IDW. It's uh, not really superhero or anything. It's about some Russian dudes in a gulag, and one of them is stealing food and feeding it to something outside of the, like something inside or outside of the cabin that they're in, and. Uh, they get in a position where they have to escape from the jail. Wow. There's some supernatural shit in here. It's fucking good. That snuck Ooh. up on me. I was so enraptured by your Road of Bones. Wow, look at that. That was a... Road of Bones, I'm going to give an eight and a half. I love when IDW puts up a comic out that's readable. Yeah, and and it's not something that happens every day. Uh, Faithless, I'm going to give a seven and a half. If it wasn't for that Brian Azzarello... Uh, cleverness, I would probably give it an 8. So. Brayden, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I can go. Okay, get it done. Uh, Assassination number 3. I love this series a lot, and this one I think felt like the most like an action movie. Um, Some really great gunfight scenes. Uh, We get to see uh, Fuck Tarkington really uh, flex in multiple ways. Uh, But yeah, people die. Uh, there's these really badass like villains. There's crazy fight stuff. Like I don't know. It's just super super fun. Uh, there's this crazy sliding down a building and shooting people in the head. So <laughs> like it's 
fucking wild, and I'm bummed the series is only going to be five issues, but it's it's a super, super fun, wild ride, and it's got a letters page uh, with a Q&A with Fuck Tarkington, so it's awesome. Um, I read Miles Morales' Spider-Man number six, which uh, has the first appearance, well, first reveal of... Uh, this new character, Starling's background, who turns out to be the uh, granddaughter of the Vulture. And she's really oh. cool. She's got this whole vendetta against Tombstone, who she's trying to kill. And, you know, Miles Morales is clearly like, oh, I, we shouldn't kill. That's that's not good. But uh, it does a really good job of him not acting like super morally superior to her and being like, oh, you're no better than him if you kill him. And it's like, well, he killed your best friend. And, like, that's very understandable. Like, it's... It, it treads that that ground that's been tread a lot in a, I think, more sensitive way than it has been before, and the character is super cool. And then quickly, what? How is Advent Guards going? Oh, um, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool characters, and they're all in different and varying relationships, and it's fun. I I'm probably gonna stick through it for the entirety, and they. Yeah, this 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 issue took a break from the main character to kind of focus on one of the other players, Jay, and it was really cool to see their relationship with their partner and their art show and stuff. But yeah, it's not not all basketball all the time, which is cool. But we do love basketball, and we, we love a three point shot. We three point shot. It. What do you give these books? Okay, uh, that's right. Let's see. Assassination, I would probably give uh, 8.5, maybe a 9, maybe a 9. Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man, I would definitely give uh, a solid 8. Uh, Avant-Garde's, probably 7.5. All right. Well, I'm going to start my own time because I need my phone to look at the creator on the book that I have because it's sold out. So I'm going to start this in just a second. Everybody, is, is everyone cool with that? Is it Road of Bones? Road of Bones, <laughs> number one, written and drawn by Django Bourne. <laughs> I'm Road starting. I want to talk about Ghost Tree, number two, but also number one. This is from IDW. This is another surprise when IDW puts a good book out. Uh, throw in shade that I don't need to sh- sh- throw. But <laughs> this is written by Bobby Kernow and Simon Gain does the art. I really liked the first issue and I really liked the second issue. I think this is a four or five issue miniseries. It's about this young kid. I can't remember if he's Chinese or Japanese, but he, um, I think he's Chinese. Uh, he His grandfather dies and he says that he'll go back to the place that he died 10 years after he died. Uh, he does that, and when he goes there as an adult who's sort of on the verge of a divorce, he's hanging out with his grandma, and he sees the ghost of his grandfather in this tree, and in this issue, he realized that there's some, in his lineage, he's able to speak to ghosts and help them resolve their issues, and a big issue that he personally has seems to be that his childhood or young girlfriend died at a pretty young age, and he sees her ghost in this issue. She's teased at the end of the first issue, and he's sort of coming out of a, or like, Coming into the early stages of a divorce, his grandma wants him to stay in that relationship. His grandfather is dead. His grandma doesn't know sort of that he has this ability. And this issue is just mostly him helping ghosts work through things. But I really like this story because if you're somebody who deals a lot with um, your own sort of personal demons or ghosts or things from your past that you can't really let go, I really like that story and that type of story. And this seems to be directly related to that. 
So I would give, I, I wanted to talk about issue number one, but we sold out of it. Um, and I almost forgot to talk about this one because we sold out of number two as well. Really good book, really nice art, really pretty, great line work. I would give issue one and two each a nine. Wow. Wow. Do we have a timeline on a trade? Not really. I got second prints of number one in this week and we sold all those as well, wow. which is pretty awesome. Um, no, I don't know. Probably in a couple months. Okay. It is, it's really good, but it's like, uh, yeah, if you've got like an old relationship or something that you're not super able to let go of, um, whether it's romantic or not. <laughs> Nobody has those. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. So, Which one? <laughs> so it's, it's cool to work through that a little bit in a really beautifully drawn and sentimental comic book. Kind of reminds me of Day Tripper a little bit mm -hmm. in terms of its emotional tone. Liked it a lot. Wow, cool. I really want to read number two. Yeah, it's good. Good luck finding a copy. Can I, it says we've got one on the stand. It says the <laughs> I think Justin has it. I bet Justin has it. Can I plug something that I read? I scammed from DC. Yeah, scam them. Oh, we got yeah, a couple yeah. of them around. Um, Mariko Tamaki and Steve Pugh's Harley Quinn Breaking Glass. Uh, we got an advanced reader copy from Stuart Shrek. Oh, yeah. We've he got one downstairs, up. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Braden said that we had one at, at, at the shop, but I wanted to read this on the plane. Like, you and I read the Ink and Zoom books. Yeah. This is from uh, DC Inc. It's uh, like the young adult series that they're doing, and it follows Harley Quinn kind of being sent away from her mom and living with uh, this uh, community of drag queens. One of them has kind of taken over her grandmother's apartment, and... Uh, and it's just this cool, like, small adventure that is probably the most believable and most interesting setup for any Harley Quinn story I've read. And I loved every single page of that book. Dude, the art is certainly the best that I've seen of any of the Ink or Zoom books. This is... I'm a huge fan of Steve Pugh. He, he did... Uh, you know, he did some early Animal Man issues. He did uh, those Flintstones, say, Flintstones books that we like so much. And this is this is the best work I think he's ever done. And I, I messaged him and told him that. And he said he took a year off of everything else to do this book. And he turned down working on... I don't want to fuck this up, but it was like Superman or something like that. They, they were going to give him a major, major character to work on. He's like, oh, I'm really proud of this thing I'm, I'm doing. So I don't know when this comes out, but um, this is this addresses like 90% of the, the social issues that we have going on right now from gentrification to pronouns to um, greed and uh, like families, and it's it's wonderful. Like I, I started fucking crying in the airplane. On yeah, so fucking good. Man, we gotta do uh, a sort of new segment called Django's Tear Duct. What made mm -hmm. Django cry this week? And I'm really into it because as someone who cries all the time myself, I love this recent theme of Django crying in fiction more and more. They're getting me. Welcome to the world of being broken, you know, you. They're getting me. If if they uh, if they this is the, I read an advanced reader copy. It's uncorrected. If they make two punctuation corrections and put it out just like this, it's perfect. Wow. So That's awesome. I want to read yeah. it. Braden, did you also love it? I did. I, I read it a little when we first got it in the store. Yeah. I liked it a whole lot. Um, I think it's a nice, like, really, like, 
updated take on Harley Quinn and kind of because we need gives her that. a good origin. Like it makes fucking sense. Yeah, like it, it feels it feels very real. Yeah, the, like the the Harley that we get now just feels so manufactured to me. I'm with you. And this one feels like a real person that went through all this stuff. So uh, the last donut here is for Roman. And when he eats that donut, I want us to all talk about the Runaways. Mm. Um, My favorite page of the Runaways so far is the cover. Well, there are better pages inside. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll get to them. It is a great cover. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Braden, take us on the old tour to Runaways here. Uh, the Runaways, this is issue 21 by uh, Rainbow Wow. Rainbow Rowell, uh, Andres Genolet, and Chris Halloran. Uh, this this artist took over for Chris uh, Chris Veronica a little while ago, and it's been really like good since then. I was kind of worried about the art change, and I'm very pleased with how it's going. Well, it has a real Anka vibe while also being mm-hmm. a unique thing. Yeah. Um, so this issue is based like the, run, the Runaways have been dealing with some stuff. There's a lot of big, crazy uh, shit going on with their last arc with some um, the old Gibberim, and they're like kind of dealing with their old parents' stuff uh, that was brought up a lot in the first arc. And this this is part three of an arc that's just been kind of dealing with them and the fallout of all that. Um, and it's super. This one's very kind of just day in the life of the Runaways, um, particularly with centered uh, around Chase. He's Doing some grocery shopping, um, trying to basically like be the dad for this whole family of like kind of siblings that he's got now, and it's really really fun to see him like just trying his best to like take care of everyone. Uh, we also get to see uh, Carolina going to therapy, even like she's talking about her relationship a little bit and how struggling with like being happy and allowing yourself to be happy. Uh, I thought that that was like. One of the best non-explicit ways of describing anxiety, which is like, I kind of feel like I've always done something wrong, even when I don't necessarily feel like I've done something wrong. And then yeah. I start to look at what I've done, and the list never ends of the mm-hmm. things that I should feel bad about. And I was like, oh, that's how I feel every time I'm alone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 good. The like everything about it is really cool. Um, there's some great funny stuff with this new uh, character Gib, who's was supposed to be the, one of these old gods who was going to like take over the world when their parents sacrificed whatever but now he's just kind of hanging out and holding up this wall uh, in the home and like Chase comes home and he's like hey can you help me with the groceries and he says I'm holding up the wall and he's like oh that is useful keep it up bud <laughs> like, it's just yeah it's got really cool clever humor there's a really uh, emotional scene with Chase and Molly who's been kind of dealing with some big sad stuff lately losing her parents and not wanting to go to school, but they, they worked through that really well. Um, and in the end, we've got uh, Victor, who's been going through his own stuff, um, and he's been in a uh, until now an unknown relationship with Goethe, the rest of the, the crew. Um, and that's right. the kind of the big reveal at the end. I which, think the last episode, the issue that we talked about was maybe the one where they had their like first kiss when yes, he was still yeah, in a robot yeah. body. I forget which number that was. Yeah. And honestly, I think that was the... It was still good, but it was kind of the weakest part of the issue for me. I think the other stuff they yeah, filled it in with was the real meat of it. Yeah. 
the right. art from my perspective here, which is far away and upside down, looks a little bit like um, all the good parts of John Romita Jr. to me. Ooh, mm. I the, don't, the good parts. Yeah, yeah, the good parts. Because every once in a while, that guy, that guy really lands. Yeah, it's really I, good facial expressions. Like yeah, that. I think the facial expressions and the body language are fantastic. They're like double page spread of however many two, four, uh, sixteen panels on mm -hmm. a double page spread of just Carolina yeah. in therapy. Like the body language there is really fantastic. And like I like Chase a lot. Do we just love Chase from the get go? Chase started out in the the first Runaway series as just kind of like the dude bro jock, and like you know he was not interesting or good. Dude, like, he's come through, he's changed so much. And it's so cool to see. So so into him, and as a guy who has long hair and ties it back, there is one line <laughs> where. Um, <laughs> I, I, he's basically, and as somebody who has had to like buy a lot of tampons alone at a grocery store in my life, mm -hmm. I appreciated this <laughs> yeah. having a lot of sisters and being the youngest person to go to the store. Um, but the person helping him like refers to him as like Mr. Man Bun or something, and, and he's like, "Yeah, and you can just call it a bun," like, <laughs> like which is the most like awesome like. Yeah, like, I know it's tied up. I get it, but I don't understand for sure why we have to call it that. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I love that scene, too. When I read it and I, and I thought of you, I thought, this must be how Jeff feels sometimes. Yeah, there was this, like, six-month period where strangers were, like, insulting me on the street for tying my hair up, not the least of which was Django, no. uh, who yelled at me walking into the store, no man buns allowed. I'm like, man, I was here before you. No bald people allowed. I have no recollection of any of that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, this book struck a lot of chords for me in a lot of different ways. I really like Molly. I really like Chase. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty into this. Uh, I wouldn't mind a reminder every time it comes out to read it because it's real good. I don't know what happens between issues yeah. where I'm like, I don't know. But I like the, of the four of the 21 issues I've read or something, everyone has been like, damn, that's a good book. Yeah, it's so good. And, and I think it's the same artist. You know, as the earlier issues, but somehow, like in this, I noticed not only is Molly emotionally more mature, maturing as the series goes on, but in this issue, I noticed her face. She just looks a little older. Not not yeah. obviously, but just something in her face. And like, maybe, like from earlier issues in this, in yeah, this particular, in this particular run, in, in Raoul's run. Well, it definitely is a different artist. So I, yeah. I, I don't. Oh. They changed like a, a couple Did issues they? ago. Yeah. And. It could just be that this artist is a little bit better at nuanced facial subtlety because yeah. I wouldn't. I, I really like Chris Anka, but mm -hmm. I I wouldn't necessarily say that that's like his strong suit. There are a lot okay. of expressions in here. Yeah, a lot and of they're all relatively yeah. nuanced. Yeah. Like you said, the Carolina's body language in the therapy session, and I love the fact that all the panels just focus on her. And mm -hmm. I thought this was a really great representation mm -hmm. of anxiety of being in therapy of her thoughts afterwards after leaving therapy all that was resonated with me yeah i would say that yeah i can't remember what it is right now but there was one thing in the therapist's language that i was like oh okay that's that's a way to represent a therapist mm -hmm. but that's a thing that i run across often which is just like i, th I think that there's some sort of therapist stigma out there mm. um, oh yeah definitely mm -hmm. And when and she leaves, she has is that there's that beautiful scene where she rescues that little girl. Yeah, I get a full page. Yeah, and, and just the coloring is beautiful. The expression on the little girl's face is beautiful. And Caroline look at her going, "Wow!" And it's this moment of her own validation. And it was, it was just a nice page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing I didn't like was the 
they kind of uh, set this up in the last issue where like uh, Victor like took his head off because he's like a cyborg and like dropped himself in like a, a bathtub and it very it had some very like suicidal vibes to oh, it yeah. and this one like you know Chase walks in on his body in the floor next to the bathtub and it looks like and he clearly thinks that like Chase killed himself or something and it's but it's kind of played like this gag is where we find out like oh no he just wanted a body so he could make out with Gert and stuff oh, like oh okay see I, I was a little confused by that by yeah. that scene because I'd forgotten what happened and I in the sure didn't issue. read the last issue but I was confused by it but yeah yeah it, that, was, that was the only part I was like Ugh, I don't I don't need that's like kind of a weird yeah. like, joke switch um, to play why would a robot draw a bath well, it seems like that would be to kill himself, but it seems like some other thing has happened that has now given him a body. Yeah, he used to, I don't know, to somehow grow his old body or something, maybe? <laughs> I don't know, but they'll probably explain it. Like a Chia robot body? They, de- oh. they definitely kind of depicted it like as if he was yeah. trying to kill himself. Or and the robot, the robot's in a girl body? No. Oh, no, that's, that's two different people making it. Yeah. Okay. And, and if Sorry, that, I don't know why the fuck I'm talking. I didn't read it. <laughs> I, I haven't read any of this. I book. give it a nine. It, that's my score. Sorry, we're I, we're eight minutes into this book. Uh, nine as well. I think the only thing yep. keeping it from a ten for me was that little weird bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a nine. Nine runaways. Mm. Nine nine nine. Run, 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 run. And speaking of nine nine nine, you can call us to leave a voicemail. You can tell your friends to listen to this podcast. You, you should. Either, you should. You do you find joy in this podcast? Do you wish that you had more people to talk to about comics? Uh, do don't you keep know? it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't yeah. keep us a secret. Yeah. Uh, you should. You know, if you think that you have some people who might dig comics, uh, tell them to check this thing out. I think it maybe lowers that barrier to entry about coming into a comic shop, which can be a little intimidating. We have we some. Get it. Big weekly friends that come in because of this podcast. Yeah, and uh, and we love. It doesn't dilute your enjoyment of it no. to spread the love around. No, but yeah. if you could tell somebody to listen to it, that would be awesome. Spread this word. We want to do a live episode with 150, and we want to maybe do a Q and A episode with 140. I told that live thing to Django, and he just had the most defeated laugh I've ever seen. Like, we, well, how am I going to do it? We tried it. And we, then we forgot we to do it. We didn't. We didn't. I think <laughs> we, we like, teased it pretty I think good. That, I think that we closed a store in like the same <laughs> oh, two you're right. week period that episode 100 would have been. You're right. And we moved it all over here, and we were just like, I don't have the energy to do anything. So, so coming up soon, 150 is like four months away. Oof. That's a lot of ways. Live away episode to do a live episode in the store. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening, talk to us about getting here for that, and we'll talk about making a way to have some people hang out and drink beer and listen to a podcast while we do it. You can watch Phil engineer this whole thing it's live. A beautiful sort of chaotic rainbow that it's he like births from his sternum. It looks like he's got like seven arms when he yeah, does it. for sure you he's do. adjusting our levels constantly. But you can call us. Uh, our number here is Django. 1-619-616-636. <laughs> Give us a call. One. <laughs> fuck, six fuck one six. nine six six three seven three three six. He was totally right. Six one nine seven three three six. Well, Bob. Uh, you can also email us. No, man, that was so bad. We have to. We have one. to actually get the the phone number down. You did. Great. You can call us. One six one nine six six three. 7336. And don't get scared. No one's going to answer the phone. It's going to ring a couple times, and then it's going to be like, an, like a very friendly recording of Django saying, like, hello, 
leave us a voicemail and that way we'll be able to play it on the show and you can leave a couple if you're nervous about fucking it up you can I, record an audio file I did answer the phone one time so. I, fixed fixed it. It. I fixed that I fixed it you'll, you'll never have to answer the phone to that again yeah. and like we've had people call us like four times in a row and just tell us take the middle one yeah uh, and then we gotta flip a coin because there's no middle of four you can also write an email at info at thecomicsplace.com you can start sending your questions for episode 140 which is gonna be an all Q&A show yep and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But you could also just ask us questions in the meantime. Also coming up, I'm most of the way through my job of getting through Final Crisis. Yes. Mm. And I'm going to get to talk about that with Jeff and Justin, for sure. Finally. Finally. <laughs> um, and I hope we're still friends after it. <laughs> crisis in the works. And that's going to be... It will be our final crisis. That's going to oh, be no. kind of like a crossover, like multiple Earths event with uh, our sister podcast. Infinity Content. Infinity Content. Are they where, from another Earth? Uh, you know what? I think... Trevor might be from another Earth. He's got that <laughs> Superman strength. Yeah. Mm. He does. And uh, Roman, you're on that podcast. You like that? You're, I am. You want to give us a plug for that? Um, we're we're madly working. I think Trevor's probably read Infinity or Jeez, uh, Final Crisis probably three times now. Getting real ready in <laughs> in the last like month and a half. Probably yeah. <laughs> he's he's so mad man. He's, up for it. He's solved the equation. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Anti-life uh, is the equation. Dark side uh, is. Dark side is. Listen, I'm Jeff Braden. Thanks for coming upstairs with us. Thanks for having me again. Good to be back. Uh, I'm Braden. <laughs> I'm Django. Fuck. You're back. <laughs> and my front or whatever. <laughs> Number two donuts. Oh, man. Now I have to leave it in. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm Roman. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave again. I'm, I'm going somewhere else. Ooh. I'm going to Mexico. Hey, guess what, everybody? I'm going on a road trip soon, and I will be not here for a podcast. That's what you think. Not this one, but the following one. I leave on a Wednesday, and I come back on a Monday. That's the whole frame of, of <laughs> when we record and edit and distribute a podcast. Oh, gosh. So you're in charge of a whole but we podcast. Got, we got another one coming up before you leave, though, don't we? Yeah, we have yeah. one. And so I think Colette's going to be on it. What episode is that? 134. You're going to be gone for 134? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say something here, and... 134. 134. Oh. 134. Can you splice those in wherever you said that we were going to do a letters episode? Oh, no. You don't get my cues into A them yourself. Uh, no, uh, you're entirely in charge of recording, organizing, editing, and distributing a podcast, which you'll totally be able to do, but I will not worry about it at all, and it'll be it's good. It's going to be our worst one. <laughs> um, Roman, did you say who you are? Uh, I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. He, yeah. he said he was going to yeah. New Mexico. Oh, right, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm Namor. That's no, backwards. you're not. You messed it up. You're oh, not damn Namor. it. <laughs> oh, it's because I have a mirror in front of the mic. Oh, Name Roman. Name. I hate it all. We got to go home before this <laughs> sinks any lower. <laughs> Good. Good.